Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Annie McBeal rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Annie McBeal through 2021 Eyes. This is the last 2021 Eyes episode. Is it? Yeah, this is the last episode of 2021. Because it's, it's just before Christmas. I'm so glad yeah. you're all keeping and an eye on like, that because I wouldn't oh. Yeah, because we record a little bit in advance. I have to keep an eye on when episodes are going out and when they aren't because it's like, oh, is it Christmas? I guess. Yeah. yeah <laughs> We've not no, even no. had Halloween yet when we're recording this. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> but it is this episode is coming out it's our last one before christmas wow, so i'm very excited for okay. everyone to so be experiencing christmas yeah festive, so, festive yeah, feelings. So, so it's we're doing yeah we d- realized this the other week didn't we where it's like we're doing festive yeah last episode we're doing, we're doing festive, festive when it's festive <laughs> when it's festive like what a concept <laughs> but except except we're not really because we are recording in advance but it will are. come out when it's festive <laughs> this is oh, really man. like boring ab- behind the scenes very, admin that yes. interests no one apart from us <laughs> Discombobulating. I think that's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm still in spooky season. Like, I'm no, I know. I've just ordered my festive. pumpkins to come this uh, this oh, weekend, so we're going to be carving pumpkins. those. But, um, but oh, forget all no. that. That's all in the past, Eleanor. <laughs> Let it it's go. It's Christmas. God damn it. And for once, we are not doing Christmas in July, as you've mentioned. These episodes yes. are going out around December, so. Excellent. Merry Christmas, everybody! Tis the season! Tis the season to be jolly. La 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Excellent. And do you know what's happening? Oh, that was the name of the last episode, but this episode is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is Love on Top or something. Love on. You're my love on top. No, it's Love on Holiday. Love on Holiday. There we go. Yes. Yes. So episode seven we're looking yes. at today. Love on holiday. Season four. Yeah. So shall I crack Love on holiday. That's the one I love. Santa, it's you. Yeah. Oh dear. So enough. Love on enough, holiday. Enough. 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 We've got cultural stuff to do. <laughs> so, Love on Holiday first aired December 4th, 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. What's so, going on holiday season 2000 then, Eleanor? Okay. Let us know. Not lots, I gotta say. Um, but Ugh. what we do have is um, a joint number one in the UK and the oh. US. It is. Oh. It is Destiny's Child, an independent independent woman. woman. Yeah, oh, of course, because everyone was watching Lucy Liu and Charlie's Angels. Exactly, exactly. So this is. Uh, yeah, we don't get that. This. Um, get this that often where you've got UK no. and US number one at the same time but yeah there. No. so Destiny's Child is taking over the world it was a massive smash though it was huge it was everywhere it, that video in the days it, when iconic. 
the days when movie soundtrack like there was like a a banner song from a movie yes. that would go to number one i feel like this is like getting towards the tail end of that yes like it was, era it, like it looked great yeah you know it's yeah going out on a high that that yeah <laughs> that trend no brilliant what um, a great what a great one it's awesome um so uh the first of december the BBC mm-hmm. apologises to ITV for suggesting it rigged Judith Keppel's win on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as part of a ratings battle. Ooh. <laughs> so the BBC actually formally apologised to like, ITV. <laughs> You've got better ratings. It's a fix. <laughs> J'accuse. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I think it's rigged. Hopes. Still all their toys um, out the pram and then they were like, whoopsie, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, so, we acted like children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so 8th of December, this is the only other thing I've got, is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is released. Um, it was a... Still haven't seen the, that. <laughs> have you not seen it? No. <laughs> Uh, it was a surprise international success, um, becoming the highest grossing foreign language film produced overseas in American history. Um, mm-hmm. Along with its awards success, Crouching Tiger continues to be hailed as one of the greatest and most influential films. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's meant to be very good, but I haven't I, I haven't seen it. I don't know why, um, but yeah. I've got to say, I think I only just saw it recently um yeah like not too long ago my kind of favorite um film from that era is house of flying daggers um there is a film that i watched in that genre around Mm. that time uh what's the one where it's all like different seasons oh i'm gonna have to look this up different seasons or something like hero i'm never gonna find this Hero? Mm, hero movie. Maybe. I feel like it had a longer name though. Uh what about Curse of the Golden Flower? No. No? I don't know. I'm never gonna remember, but it was good. Hero has like a scene where they're fighting in like a load of swirling like golden leaves. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, that would be so yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Uh, the leaves bits. That was good. <laughs> yeah, <I like> the <laughs> leaves. <laughs> the pretty leaves. Um, no, I, I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I know I haven't seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Hidden Dragon. Yeah, put it on no, the list. It's yeah, I do recommend it. It is good. Um, I just prefer House of Flying Daggers uh, personally. Uh-huh. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, no. Good stuff. Cool. That's it. That's all I anything have. Anything else? Cultural stuff. No one no, else was doing it. anything. Christmas 2000. No one else Everyone partied themselves out the year before. Exactly. Yeah. And they were like, let's just have a chill one. Watch Ally McBeal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, shall we get cracking then? Sure. Love sure. on holiday. Yes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll be. Yeah. Um, so... It is a frosty old Boston winter's night and everyone is at the bar um, where Larry is there singing Bruce Springsteen's Sherry Darling and the whole crowd is singing along 
And I just want to say hooray for Larry singing. Your mama's Of this, I know. Please. How how fun was it? I was enjoying it a so lot. So fun. Um, well, it was fun for everyone except someone <laughs> <laughs> because the lyrics of the song are: "Your mama's yapping in the back seat. Tell her to push over and move them big feet, etc., etc." I mean, it'll be on our playlist, our Spotify season four playlist, if you want to listen along. But basically, camera pans to Kimmy, who is like, "Is he singing about me and mummy?" And oh Mummy, who is still there, <laughs> says it sounds very on point. And the crowd is all like joining in for the chorus as a conga line forms, like <laughs> everyone's into it. Um, and Nell then comments to La- as a comments to Ali that Larry's he, he, like he's actually a good singer. And Larry and Ali <laughs> is all like googly eyed, and she's like, "Yeah, isn't he?" At which Ling does the world's biggest eye roll, and it's like gross. <laughs> Um, but then Larry continues and he's saying Sherry my love for you is real but I didn't count on this package deal and Kimmy is like wait up he is singing about me and mummy and her mum's like he is and then John's like oh don't be silly but then he looks at Larry through like narrowed eyes like Huh. And then Kimmy's <laughs> eye twitch starts, and then her mum's eye starts doing like a matching twitch, and then John's lip starts twitching, and then we're in titles. Oh, twitching! <laughs> twitching at Larry singing a Bruce sings Bruce Singsteen. No, Bruce. <laughs> it's Bruce Moose. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen song. Um. So after titles, it is the weekly sleepover night again, which is now a thing uh, still. That's now Um, well well established. Embedded in the life of season four. So yeah, so it's sleepover night at Ali's and everyone is gathered on Ali's bed gossiping about Ali's uh, sex life or to be precise, lack thereof because Ling cannot believe that she hasn't slept with Larry yet um, and she says it's not natural because they've been together (laughs) for over a month. Um, And then Elaine defends Ali by saying that, you know, not every couple just jumps right into bed. And Ling goes, oh, that's right, Elaine. You wait and count to three first. I forgot. Um, (laughs) And then Nell says, um, well, relationships don't have to be about sex, but I would be asking myself questions if he doesn't want it. And Ali's like, oh, he wants it. (laughs) 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 But then Ling is like, just not from you. And then gives her like a side eye. And then Ali breaks it up and it's like, look, all right. When one of you re- meet the right man, which none of you have, um, and I was like, true. And then yeah. she goes, except for you, Ling. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, Ali. <laughs> um, but Ali's like, I do agree that Richard Fish is probably your perfect soulmate. But Ali then says, when you do meet the right man, you don't rush it. You hold longing stares and have an extended courtship. That first touch of the hand, you relish it. The first kiss, you savour it. You become patient. And when you know that it is right, you don't race. I love where I am with Larry at this moment. Uh, I'm not going to let these times get preempted by a horny moment, which all sounds very holier than thou. And everyone is like, hmm. 
get you. But then <laughs> Ali is knocked right off of her god tier high horse by the rude interruption of David 2.0. Remember the blow up doll? Yeah. Remember him? Well, apparently he's got a sibling uh, offspring I don't know but he suddenly inflates as Ali snuggles into her bed and Ali is like all sheepish and just like covers her mouth as everyone is looking at her shocked yes yeah so so much for I miss David yeah uh, yeah so I mean okay <laughs> Ali like I just she yet again is big I mean it's one of those things where it's like clearly she's happy like as things are with Larry, like, um, but yeah, I think she's trying of... to talk herself into it that she's happy. Like, she's oh, like, if I reckon? say it enough times, I will be happy. Yes, like, yes. she's not not happy, but I think she yes. does want to go further. Yeah, she's just acting like she doesn't. Yeah, she's like, guys, uh, when you really love someone, uh, you don't need to have sex. Yes. Like, although I really, really wish I could have sex, but you don't need to. Yeah. Well, it's like she thinks, yeah, by having sex, it's going to ruin all the other forms of intimacy, like, and not make them special. And I'm just mm. like, you know, she's talking about holding hands and eye gazing and, you know, all that. And it's like, no, you still it do all of that. Doesn't. Like, you can still do those things after you have sex. Like, it's i know and it can still be nice and special like yeah you know yeah again creating weird rules (laughs) yes um so the next morning at the weekly meeting richard is reminding everyone that there is a charity auction tomorrow which everyone seems distinctly unthrilled about um because they start groaning and banging their heads on the table like (laughs) uncharitable bastards that they are Richard is like, come on, guys, it's for a good cause. And it's one day. And he's like, I think this year it's cripples. And I was like, Christ. (laughs) With friends like these, who needs enemies? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Richard is like, um, basically saying that he's put everyone's name in a cup. And the first woman and the first man that he picks have to take part. And he's like, and I don't want to hear a single complaint. And then that he picks the first name and he's like, me, damn it do over and everyone's like no 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 (laughs) and he's like all right and then he picks Nell's name and she's like oh yuck and then Richard is like Ling can you bid on me because I don't want to get stuck with a beast and I was like Richard you are the worst person to be doing this um and then Richard tries to move on to the next order of business but John pipes up and asks Ali if her little squeeze box meaning Larry um she's like was he making fun of mine and Kimmy's situation last night? And he like quotes the lyrics of the song that Larry was singing. And he just says, I do not appreciate that kind of garbage. And Ali rightly points out that Bruce Springsteen wrote that song. And she doesn't (laughs) think that he had John in mind at the time. And John's like, yeah, yeah, get flippant. That will mitigate the offence just fine. And then Nell tries to support John by pointing out that Larry did mark on John's turf. But then John rounds on Nell saying, well, we don't need to hear from you either, Goldilocks. But then all of this like bickering is uh, cut through by Elaine coming in to announce that the firm is being sued by the peanut for sexual harassment. Um, And just as we all sit around and wonder who the peanut is, Richard helpfully explains that the peanut is a little 
librarian clerk who they apparently used to employ um and they he left about a year ago um and richard's like oh, i wonder why he's suing for sexual harassment did anyone at the firm harass him and all the women are like yeah right like they're scoffing at the mere thought but then elaine is like um well and richard's like elaine meet me in my office and then he's like, Ling, you can take this case. Um, and so can you, Mark. You and Mark, Ling and Mark are on the case. And then he's like, I'm tired of getting sued for this. And I'm like, well, how about you all stop sexually harassing people? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe just, I don't know, uh, stop. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> doing this to yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, stop <laughs> hitting yourself. <laughs> I was like, literally, uh, I don't know whether I like blacked out but I completely missed that part of the scene where they explain who the peanut guy is because throughout yeah. the entire episode Richard I was like, says who the fuck is this peanut guy where has he come from <laughs> Richard does explain you did black out uh, are you okay I did black out yeah no clearly I, I was <laughs> not on my game like uh, no Richard does give this. a brief explanation of who it is but yeah oh. um, so after the meeting, there is like, I mean business instrumental music as John goes back into his <laughs> office and he kind of puts on the, his like massive, comically large boxing gloves and starts yes. jabbing at thin air in frustration. Um, just as Ali enters and stands behind him waiting for him to notice her. And when he does, she's like, what was that? And he's like, oh, nothing. And Ali's like, well, I think you know that Larry wasn't ridiculing you and Kimmy um, by singing the song. And John is like, well, maybe I was feeling deserving of ridicule. I am a grown man. I am dating a woman who takes her mother on dates. I mean, what the hell is that? (laughs) And Ali's like, didn't she go on the first couple of dates alone? And John's like, yes, but once the relationship deepens, she becomes more prone to emotional intimacy. And for that, she needs mummy dearest. And then Ali takes off his gloves and points out that it's obvious that he cares about Kimmy. Like he even pretended to be a rock and roll singer for her. Um, So maybe he should just talk to her and tell her that the mother is unacceptable. Like fine for holidays, but not dates. And then John jabs his finger at Ali like, you know, you're really onto something. Like what a a revelation. I wouldn't have thought of that if it wasn't for you. It never would have occurred to me. Had you not what talk to my girlfriend? I know. I was like, this is obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, over in Richard's office, they're all running through the paperwork for the sexual harassment suit, and apparently the court documents say that Elaine repeatedly offered to have sex with the peanut. And Elaine is like, but he knew I was joking. We're friends, (laughs) and this just doesn't make any sense. Um. And the documents also mention that Elaine made him eat her underwear. And Elaine is like, no, I was, didn't make him eat anything. I was demonstrating my invention for him. Like I often showed him my inventions. And this time I came up with edible cherry flavoured underwear. So I offered them to him as a light snack. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, of course. I love um, I, like, I, I offered him some cherry flavoured edible underwear as a light snack snack <laughs> yeah um so after hearing all of this information richard fires ling off of the case because he says this is a real lawsuit and the peanut has a legit case so he needs a real lawyer preferably outside counsel so he tells mark to hire larry for the case to represent elaine um, and then he just looks at elaine and says 
he, uh, he just goes, I'm very disappointed. And I'm like, uh, Richard, who are you to be yes. disappointed in Elaine after you have harassed multiple employees like, and clients everyone. over the last four years? <laughs> like, fuck you off. You don't stop. You can't stop. Like, I don't know why you're surprised that anyone is like, has any kind of boundaries like yeah i mean it's a miracle anyone does (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) so over in the unisex nell is busy brushing her hair which let's face it must take up about 70 percent of most of her days (laughs) because it is a flowing mane Um, but today It's in this like real like ringlety style, which I don't actually like on her. I feel like it makes her look a bit like a poodle. I'm like, why? Who made this decision? Why have they hurt you? Who hurt you, Portia? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when Ling, um, uh, sorry, but then Ling comes in all smiles and is like, hey, bitch, what's up? (laughs) And Nell uh, is like, well, you seem really happy. Um, And Ling's like, well, yeah, I'm fired from the peanut case. So let's go shopping. And Nell's like, yeah, I might as well go and find something for the auction tomorrow. Um, And Ling kind of spots Nell's lack of enthusiasm for this event and it's like it's for a good cause and maybe someone rich and handsome might bid on you um and then she goes can you imagine how much money i would bring in and nell's like no ling how much and ling just stares at her and nell's like well since it's such a great cause why don't you volunteer too i bet that whatever's bid on you won't be higher than what i what um yeah i bet that whatever's bid on you won't be higher than what i could get and Ling looks at Nell with pity, like, really? <laughs> and Nell's like, come on, Ling, miss, every man wants me. You can't be afraid of losing. And Ling's like, well, how do I know that you won't recruit somebody to bid for more than you're worth? And then Nell just stands up tall and is like, here's a flash. Men go nuts for me. I'll admit that you have the whole dark hair exotic thing going. But when it comes to a man's true fantasy, I am it. I am tall, I am gorgeous, and I look like I have brains, which I in fact do have. You, you're short, and you bite. And then she goes, (laughs) and it's like, Nell in the blue corner, Ling in the red, (laughs) ding, 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 let the fight begin. And they like face off, staring at each other down as John comes in and we kind of see him framed in shot between the two Mm. women. Um, And he's like, oh, hi, ladies. Um, And he moves along, but then he goes back to do a double take because they just won't stop staring Staring at each other. And he's like, ooh. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about this. It makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like this whole kind of like, uh, I am classic beauty standards versus... Yeah, I half expected uh, her to be like, I am tall, I am white. Yeah, I am am blonde. Like, like, I was just like, oh... I am Aryan. Exactly. I am from the master race. Like, it was yeah. like, you're exotic. Yeet. Like, it was just like, oh, God. I don't, I don't yeah, like I know. This. I didn't like it's that. Making me yeah. feel uncomfortable. It was very, it was treading a knife edge on yeah, being really completely unacceptable. <laughs> was like is there subtext here yeah is there? I, I don't yeah. know i don't know comfortable <laughs> yeah oh well well meanwhile ali is walking down the streets past the street center in the uh 
Christmassy Boston streets whilst Vonda sings one of her her own songs um, called You and Me, which is uh, singing kind of in the background on the soundtrack. Um, and Ali's in her own little world. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll give you three guesses what she does in her own little world walking down the street. Yes, that's right. She bumps into someone because it's Ali's world and we're all just living in it. Um, and her and the person like keep going to the same side to try and get around each other. And they're both just looking at the ground and Ali's getting increasingly annoyed. But then she looks up and the person she's bumped into is Larry as the Vonda music cuts out into an echo. And it's a total lol fest because they figure out that he was on his way to see her and she was on his way to see him. And oh, how we all laughed. <laughs> um, <so. laughs> I have oh to say God. though I am being sarcastic but they are being very cute together yes. because Larry's like oh they say it's a good sign when a couple can meet halfway and Ali's like oh are we a good couple and Larry goes well I can see potential and then he just strokes her ear affectionately while she whilst he looks kind of thoughtful um, and then Ali's like what are you thinking and Larry's like oh no 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 I don't believe in that I don't believe in the telling each other what you're thinking thing because you know over talking can make you lazy and Ali is like uh, 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 what, what do you mean and Larry's like well part of the communication is silent body language mood greeting each other figuring it out instead of flipping to the back page for the answers and Ali's like well then I'm having a little trouble reading you then um uh and then Larry's like okay I will tell you one thing standing here right now I am totally freezing let's go and Ali's like <laughs> she kind of smiles and then Larry's like we should go to your office because I've got a meeting there um Richard Fish has hired me something about peanuts <laughs> so um I mean the less said about Larry's lack of wanting to talk about his emotions the better but yeah, I mean, that, he's I, the perfect guy <laughs> I, I mean it is a kind of red flag isn't it like let's yeah. be honest <laughs> like run, oh, Ali, run except don't run talking i don't believe in talking oh no yeah no, no i don't really understand that read my mind i hate <laughs> like, that no thank you do. <laughs> i'm not into that no uh-uh. no so cut to larry in his meeting at the cajun fish constant conference room um and he's meeting with mark elaine and the peanut who turns out his uh real name is daniel um and plus daniel's lawyer who is played by John Michael Higgins, who surely you know who John Michael Higgins is. Why are you looking at me with a blank face? I did recognise him now that you say it, but I don't know who who is he. So John Michael Higgins, uh, he is in um, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Perfect. He's like one of the with commentator. Yeah, yeah. With with, but he's um... been in loads of stuff. Okay. I just know him from that. Or do I know Uh, him from other things? I can't imagine. Like he's just been he's he's often a a voice in Bob's burgers. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking down at his to think what you might have seen him in. Who's he in Bob's Burgers? Is he uh He's in loads of different like random voices, like side character voices. Um, okay. Obviously, as I mentioned, he's in Pitch Perfect. Uh, he was What's in. Did you ever watch John Michael Higgins? He was in Arrested Development. I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, no, I didn't. Never really got on with Arrested Development. 
Let me have a look. Filmography. He's in Yes Man, the movie. He was in, I don't know if you ever watched Best in Show. Uh, once. I can't really remember. He was it in that well. as well. Um, yeah, he's in loads, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's a big voice actor. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah, he's just one he of those in, actors. He was in, that's um, in lots The Breakup. Of... Did you ever watch The Breakup? He played Jennifer Aniston's like, brother, I think. <sighs> Again, like only like once. Yeah, he's one of those act jobbing actors like that's in a lot of things. Like he's really will... funny. He's a very funny comic actor. Yes, yes. no. Um, I remember and him the... most from Pitch Perfect because he's very funny. Yeah, in that. but he's he's. This is the the first appearance as this lawyer. Um, this lawyer becomes a recurring. I thought like, I, guest I wondered star. whether we'd seen him before because I was like, no. Oh, so this is the first time he turns up. Yeah, I did as soon as that scene started playing out i was like oh i recognize this guy like and and he's like because he keeps going i'm not comfortable with like <laughs> yeah that's his like catchphrase yeah, yeah i'm well, not comfortable yeah no yeah. we'll get on to that but yeah no so yeah this is his first appearance but he does come back quite a few times okay, so yeah cool um, fun. so the first thing daniel has to say is that he finds the name peanut insulting and mark's like well hasn't that been your nickname your whole life and daniel's like well yeah but that doesn't mean i had to endure it here and I do, I get that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, if you don't like a nickname, fine. But then, then it's on you to tell her. people not to call you that. But also, like, how would anyone have heard him be called that unless he told he people? He brought it with him. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. But he would, so he obviously somehow brought it with him. But then if you don't want to be called that on you, you have to set that boundary. You can't just expect yeah like, you can't just get mad about it like a year after you've left do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and another thing um, <laughs> yeah um so then but uh, so exactly so mark says but but you're not suing about that you're suing elaine for what she did but before anyone can answer daniel's lawyer um so john michael higgins who i'm trying to remember what his character name is now um think the name of his lawyer as we're gonna be hearing from him a long time i don't think they say it in the this episode but i believe his name is stephen um so stephen jumps in and says well since cajun fish called this meeting saying they want to depose of this matter well i'm not comfortable letting him speak freely so either an offer must be presented or i must let my discomfort prevail here um and as you've mentioned him saying i'm not comfortable because every time he says it he kind of he goes i'm not and then just cocks his head to one side and goes comfortable like he's like eh. like i'm not comfortable with that <laughs> it's very funny and then he says that in pretty much everything he says so yes. uh, we'll see that a lot um but then um elaine turns to daniel and it's like but but we're friends and then stephen jumps in again saying no oh no i'm so i'm sorry i can't allow that no i cannot I'm not comfortable off the record. If you want to depose him, I suggest we adjourn and come back with a stenographer tomorrow. And Larry agrees to this, um, but he looks at Daniel as he's like, yeah, sure. Um, and just sort of shakes his head thoughtfully at Daniel. Um, and the reason for that is we find out straight away because post-meeting, Larry is debriefing with Mark and he's like, I think there's something more to this than they know about like he and elaine were friends a week ago and now he's suing her like that doesn't add up um and as they're discussing this john walks past them and accidentally trips up on larry's foot 
And then he rounds on Larry and is, takes the opportunity to be like, I did not appreciate your little package deal number at the bar last night. And if you sing it again, I'm going to damn well have something to say about it. And then he stops <laughs> off. And it's we like, really do have something to say about it. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you've got to say about it then. Like, it was so funny because he's like, he starts off all threatening and then he's like, I will if say you do it again, <laughs> I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk at you more. It's like, okay. <laughs> more than this right now. You think this is bad? It's going to get so much more wording. Yeah. Don't you, don't, just wait. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, after that, he's mid storming off to his office when Kimmy gets off the elevator, swiftly followed by her mum. And she rushes over to John to say that she came as soon as she could. And her mum's like, what's wrong? And so all three of them file into John's office. um, And John's just looking at the mother like, for fuck's sake, why are you here? I called Kimmy, do you know what I mean? Um, But all three of them file into John's office. And John's like, well, there is a problem, a little one. And I'd like to discuss it with Kimmy alone but Kimmy's like well if there's a problem maybe mummy could facilitate and John's like well the problem is mummy (laughs) he's like I really do not need or want an emotional chaperone I am a big boy you are a big girl and I think we can navigate this terrain without mummy and then this causes Kimmy to go and her eye starts twitching and then her mum like holds the side of Kimmy's head like oh god she's like can she think about this and John's like fine but as soon as they leave he starts punching into thin air in frustration as we get like horror strings and then he collapses in a grump on the edge of his desk scowling um so yeah things things not going well in that camp yeah a bit of a a awkward situation isn't it it's a bit untenable i mean i don't think i'd ever get that far no the minute someone showed up with a parent i'd be like Uh, this has been fun bye Not acceptable. Oh, no, no, no. So the, the next day, Richard is asking Ling why she has volunteered her services at the charity auction. And Ling just goes, well, what can I say? My heart beats for th- philanthropy. And Richard's like, no, seriously, what's really going on? And then the truth comes out because Ling's like, that bitch Nell thinks she can raise more money than me. Do you think she can? And Richard's put on the spot and he just starts rambling because he's like, oh, well, um, well, that's a tough one. Out of all the women I've paid for, the blondes have been more expensive, but they don't have your warmth. Oh, and that Jesus. gives him, that triggers a growl on a hard stare from Ling. Yes. <laughs> um, sure. So we're at the deposition in Elaine's case. Um, and actually, is it Elaine's case? I think it's not. It's Cajun Fish's case. It's just that Elaine, he's named he's as the, the main perpetrator. Yeah. yeah. The aggressor. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we're in that case. And, and Daniel is saying that Elaine asked him to try on the face bra. And Larry's like, well, was there anything remotely sexual about the bra or its stated purpose? And Daniel's like, no, but it's still a bra. And I was like, <laughs> Daniel. Yeah. Newsflash, bras were not invented for the titillation of men. They no. are essentially scaffolding. Like, yes. are you aroused by scaffolding? <laughs> I think not. And if you are, well, then I've just got more questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah. Anyway, 
Larry then asks if Daniel and Elaine have remained friendly for the last year. Uh, and Mark builds on his question, asking if they've gone for dinner together. Um, and Daniel's like, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we have. Um, and then basically Larry and Mark keep doing this like tag team thing where they're asking one question but each taking a different portion of the sentence they ask one at a time so what changed since a year ago when you left on good terms a week ago when you had dinner and now when you have obvious animosity towards Miss Vassal Uh, and John Michael Higgins objects and he's like I'm not comfortable with you both (laughs) teaming up to form a single question And like tag teaming again, they go, I apologize. We both do. (laughs) And then they wait for Daniel's response. Um, And Daniel's like, you're trying to rattle me because you know I'm easily thrown when two people are talking, which she told you. Nice. And Elaine's like, Daniel. And John Michael Higgins objects. And Larry's like, look, all we're trying to do here is to find out what happened. One minute you're friends, the next you're suing her. And Daniel's like, I have been traumatized by one of her inventions, the Vibra. And now I can't even look at another woman's breasts without experiencing vertigo. Um, and I was like, well, Daniel, here's some good advice. How about not looking at random women's boobs? Like, just a, just a hunch, you know. Just um, a suggestion. But then Mark asks the question we're all pondering, what the fuck is a Vibra? And Elaine is about to explain when Daniel interrupts and is like, it's a device specifically designed to titillate and it was the last straw and I knew I had to leave Cajun Fist when she demonstrated that for me. So cut to Mark, Larry and Elaine alone after the deposition and Elaine is giving a live demonstration of this contraption claiming that this and she gestures to her boobs, is not why he quit. Um, but basically, the Vibra is... <laughs> uh, it's a bra-type contraption that is controlled by a wireless remote, and this remote can make the boobs move, essentially, and she is wearing one to demonstrate under her clothes, and she shows how this remote can get the boobs to move like up and down left to right or round and round in a circle um and they can either go like together or in different directions um and it can also do like this soft vibration where they just kind of shimmy which she notes feels kind of cool for her um and it can also do nipple projection in and out at varying degrees um and then augmented and demonstrating that her boobs kind of blow up like balloons and she's like sometimes you're in company when you just want to be bigger and mark and larry throughout this whole demonstration are just like agog they're like what well because it looks so fucking shit like i was just like i know why yeah why Um, would anyone wear this you look you you're literally just being like hey ladies ever wanted like robot boobs like because well, it makes her entire chest look uh, look robotic look like yeah metal. like it looks but i also a, uncomfortable <laughs> yeah that's exactly like that's exactly my point that's exactly my point because can i just say random boob jiggling in any direction how is that titillating for anyone anyone like anyone like, like it doesn't look good 
for men, but also it's not fun for the person where... Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, if you know in the film Bridesmaids, where John Hamm just goes, or I could do this and he just starts going round and round like cranking <laughs> Kristen Wiig's boob like round and round like there's no way Elaine would have invented this she would have invented yeah. a bra with like a subtle vibrating function to stimulate the yes. nipple or like a like a, a nipple a, a, a sort of a nipple sucker thing or something something that actually turns women on and has like a purpose not something that only teenage boys think is arousing which leads me to say again <laughs> if this is what david e kelly thinks women want like hashtag free michelle pfeiffer that's all i'm but saying also, men would want this i don't think like you say i think it's literally the uh, like this is this is a bra for for people that have n- always never had to, sex but, but never <laughs> touched a boob like it's like <laughs> it, you, it's like this is literally oh my god a that's what that's how david and kelly and michelle fight for work <laughs> michelle's just gone we can get married, but you're not coming anywhere near me. <laughs> and so David E. Kelly's like, well, I guess I'll only have the robo boobs of my dreams. <laughs> like, literally, only a teeth. But I guess, uh, I think it's supposed to Austin be Austin Powers had come out, hadn't it, yes, recently? I think, I think yeah. Austin Powers definitely influenced this. I just, I wonder whether it's supposed to be a comment on being like, yeah, Elaine doesn't know what men find sexy. So she just is gonna throw everything at the wall. Um, and I don't ooh, think that's true though. Out. I think Elaine would know. Yeah, this is, I, I mean, I think Elaine the gets is, a lot of sex. <laughs> Elaine, well, she doesn't though. She says that she doesn't sleep around. She just likes doing this stuff for attention so i True. i think like and i that that bra if nothing I mean, else brings attention is, exactly <laughs> exactly and i do think that there is because there is this you know she said like in an earlier episode about to mark she was like i am desperate so it's just like oh this is what desperate women do they go to like stupid lengths <laughs> like be the center of attention like even if that means wearing an austin powers robot bra (laughs) yeah that's true actually i think maybe that is that is that's where it does start to make some kind of sense yes Um, but yeah i i do worry about david e kelly (laughs) and michelle pfeiffer always constant (laughs) if this is what is in his mind um but yeah so anyway i'm mark and larry being completely speechless with and dumbfounded at this display um elaine just ignores this and just breezes right past it and just it's like look there's still a few wrinkles and namely the wrinkles are cell phones because she picks one up to show the problem when she dials uh, a number on the cell phone the vibra just starts going haywire and it just moves her boobs like randomly all over the place in all directions um so yeah not not one of her best inventions no, I, um, yeah no it's, it's not a fave it's no face bra no it's no face bra stick it's with no that Elaine bra. that's where yeah. the money's made um so now it's time for the charity auction so 
Nell is up to be bid on first. Um, and she is wearing a, I have to say, god awful peach patterned yes. Holtenek maxi dress with her like ringlety hair in like a prom queen updo. And I was like, Nell, I you mean, can do so much better. Yeah. We've like, seen you do you so much better. You played yourself here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the bidding is starting from $3,000. Um, and Renee and Ali are in the audience. And Renee is like, that girl is way overpriced. And I was like, meow, Renee. Jeez. Um, but Ali's like, look, Renee, we're only here to bid on Richard because he's afraid that he's not going to get bid on. Um, and Renee's like, well, what's our limit? And Ali's like, well, he said we can go up to 1000 um, and then it's announced that Nell has sold to some guy in the audience for 6000 Um, And she sort of smiles nervously. But, you know, respectable price, I suppose. Yeah, If yeah. you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're yeah, going to exactly. sell women? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Linny, um, who is Kimmy's mum, has come to see John in his office on her own. Um, basically to explain and defend their approach to Kimmy dating. Um, and she says, like, obviously... What? I think you're making this worse, love. Like, I think I know. your involvement is the problem, so you need to, like... Yeah. Retreat! Yeah, retreat! retreat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she says, obviously Kimmy has some rather severe social issues um and she reveals that kimmy is in therapy for it and one day she will hopefully feel the autonomy to have a relationship without her mum there too um but her mum's come to see john because she says she senses something different in john and she thinks that john sees the beauty of her daughter beneath all of her eccentricities so she's basically there to beg for john's continued tolerance slash indulgence of the situation and John just says, look, I do realise that even the best of people can have their little quirks. I mean, he realises that more than most. But he says, I can't see how we can have a relationship under these circumstances. But Linny's like, well, you can't see until you try. And she's like, maybe you can meet that night to talk it out. And John's like, well, she can come to talk it out. Like she can either learn to trust me or not. And Linny's like, okay, I'm going to go and tell her that. So Linny leaves. Oh, it's just, um, it's so sad, like, watching this woman beg to be like, can you just be a little bit more patient for a little daughter. bit longer? Yeah. Like, it's difficult because I think the way, like, the show portrays the mother is that she's ultimately a nice person. But it's yeah. that thing where it's just like, but is is this a Kimmy problem or is this a you problem or is it a bit of both? Like, I think it's a bit of both. They've become a bit codependent is yeah, my sense. That's, that's um, my feeling is that you're not letting her go without you. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I, she's obviously doing it out of love hmm. completely, but it's one of those things like, um, and I think about this a lot since becoming a parent, but um, it's, like you can love someone too much such that you're hindering their development Gross. in life yeah. you know yeah. um there's there is a point at which you just have to let them get on with it and if you don't and do things for them all the time they're never gonna live a a, a fulfilling normal life well you know? about being like being able to 
basically function like you have to allow them to work that out on their own otherwise it's never gonna happen yeah um so back at the auction uh richard is on the auction block next um and he has turned up wearing a navy plaid shirt and black slacks and a t-shirt um and i was just a bit like i mean if you don't want to get bid on by a beast like try harder to look better (laughs) you just look like you're about to do some diy in your garage like (laughs) Like super cash (laughs) wear a tuxedo at least you know make an effort richard (laughs) um but um as he comes out ali and renee like start cheering for him and going like trying to big him up and he like points and winks um and his bidding starts at five hundred dollars um and ali places a bid but the bids go up and up and um, are getting away from her. And the problem, quote unquote, is that they are all bids for men. And Richard is looking alarmed on the stage and he keeps nodding at Ali and Renee like, um, you know, do something. (laughs) And Renee's like, "Uh, I think he wants you to bid. But Ali's like, I was only authorised to bid a thousand. And Richard's eyes are practically bulging out of his skull trying to signal at Ali as the bidding is escalating. And Renee's like, I think he's trying to authorise more. Um, And in desperation, Richard tries to encourage an old lady with a Zimmer frame to bid. She's like, like she shrugs at him um so because ali bowed out at her limit richard ends up being sold for sixty five hundred dollars to a guy with i must say wonderful sideburns yes <laughs> did you notice they're like wolverine yeah. sideburns very good and who then like winks at richard as ali is like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but richard of course looks absolutely horrified and backs away from the stage slowly and i just want to before we get into the rest of this like thread um throw in my because um like i know or i hope that this is this whole kind of richard being afraid of gay men is meant to show his ridiculousness like he's meant to come across as like stupid and Mm. like the the, the, the person to be laughed at in this story but i just don't find any kind of homophobia funny like it's just tired no and it's it, unhelpful uh, yeah i've and, got more to say like, about this like later on in the episode but yeah i absolutely i think this is a real like uh product of its time and it is yeah like, absolutely quite, um it's quite jarring watching it now yeah 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 it is. Um, as an aside, I've been re-watching, um, we've been re-watching Dawson's Creek recently. And you f- oh, I like- started watching that and I, I stopped because I just couldn't with Dawson Creek. <laughs> oh my God. Every episode I'm like, Dawson, Dawson you little bitch. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Dawson, you're too much. You're too much. I can't. Um, I wanted to power through until we got to when Andy and Jack um, turn up because I remember really enjoying Andy and Pacey. But yeah. interestingly, the reason I bring it up is like Pacey throws around a lot of homophobic jokes at his brother. And I'm just like, um, like right from the off, like wow. he's like, oh, Doug, are you gay? Like, oh, don't be afraid to say that you're gay. Like, you know, we all like show tunes and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like there's a lot of homophobia that was yeah. just 
I do remember accepted. that time. It just being an acceptable insult to throw at people, yeah. like your older sibling Super who, casual. or like a bully at school, or you know, like gay. That's yeah. so gay. Was like yeah. a common was, thing. Yeah. So so throwaway and casual and yeah. just not blinked at. And at I look all. back now, it does horrify me. Yeah. <laughs> at how we all thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't even questioned. It wouldn't yeah. even blink if it was on TV. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Um, absolutely. But yeah, it's just interesting looking back now. But anyway, yeah. so finally, back at the auction, we get Ling um, and she comes out for the audience's perusal wearing a knee-length flippy skirt and a matching like bikini top yeah which is an odd outfit in my it opinion is an odd outfit, um, yeah and the print of it it's white with like this navy blue print of lips like did you notice oh, it was no, like mouths no i it's, didn't yeah very strange oh, okay. um, but her hair is just like down and it's like cascading around her shoulders she looks um, very and the crowd nice. is yeah the crowd is going wild like cheering and bidding starts at five thousand yeah. dollars and it just keeps going up and up and up and the yeah. scene kind of fades out as the auctioneer is taking bids still at over 20,000 so, yeah, so she, she did what she came it. to do she understood the assignment and yeah. she smashed it yeah <laughs> unlike Nell and Richard yes. um, so Nell talking of Nell Nell has brought the guy who won her in the auction straight to the office um <laughs> because obviously she owes him a date for her bid but she's acting very perfunctory. Um, so she just kind of comes in and it's like, oh, you can sit anywhere you like. Um, is there a, a required time limit for this date? Um, and the guy's like, uh, is this it? Is, is it a trip to your office? Is that what the date is? And now it's like, look, I'm really I'm backed up. I can, t- I, I can talk for about five minutes to make an official, but like that's kind of all I, I mean, can offer. That's not on. I'm kind of like, no. come on. The like, guy's like... You- seriously (laughs) yeah like I'm just like if you're gonna partake in something like this like you can't then be like uh so let's go to my office and watch me work (laughs) like Like, like, that's not fun no No, not at all yeah I mean yeah no that's not okay yeah, so uh, the Nell is like, um, well, you, you don't expect me to go on a real date with a guy who bids on women at auctions, do you? Um, and he's like, well, <laughs> if I can go out on a date with a woman who allows herself to be bought, then I think you could do that. And Nell's like, well, that was for charity. That's different. And he's like, yeah, you're a real giver. <laughs> and Nell's like, oh, look at that. Time's up. And he's like, well, time really flies when you're having fun. And Nell's like, well, let's see if you... if." Um, you can fly i'll open the window and i was like whoa not to 60 now um and he's like oh well what a testament to your likability that i didn't laugh and then nell is like look i can give you a quick hug and a peck for your six thousand dollars um and she sort of hugs and kisses him like you might do a nephew that you don't really like and she's like and then sits back down to work and the guy sort of stands there and then he's like oh my god i'm so sorry I had no idea. And I was like, sorry, like about what? And he's like, I, I didn't realise. Like, you you've got an intimacy disorder. I'm so sorry. And Nell stands up and is like, excuse me, I most certainly do not. And he's like, <laughs> it's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You're a beautiful woman. And Nell's like, look, I can get plenty intimate buster. And she decides to try and prove this by kissing him like properly, like going in for it. And then she's like, how's that? And he's like, 
well, that was great, but true intimacy isn't about giving, it's about receiving. Um, so Nell's like, well, kiss me then. Put your mouth where your diagnosis is, which is a great line, by the way. <laughs> um, at which he kisses her back. And that leaves Nell with the wind taken out of her because she's just kind of like blown away by how good of a kiss it was. And she's yes. just like, um, wow. And then the guy's like, says the date over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut to Nell and the guy having lunch. And we come in on the scene and they've just realized they've been there for, for three hours. Um, and they're uh, sort of saying, oh, like, I hate to think that it's almost over. And Nell's like, oh, are you dying or something? Um, and Nell says, I have this like weird rush that I'm never going to see you again. And he's like, well, I hope you're not psychic. And Nell's like, no, it's it's really unusual for me to blow off work and have feelings like primal feelings and I'm not sure I like having them and the guy's like well if you were never to see me again how would you want to spend the evening and I was like why are you saying that and he's like oh no reason I just always say you should live life like there's no tomorrow (laughs) yeah no reason I'm busy um yeah um and he just says I always say you should live life like there's no tomorrow and at that Nell gives them a big old snoggeroo and I was like I prefer this spontaneous loose nail like just lose lose the ringlety hair and it's great more of this i think it's it's very kind of like it's it's very odd and rushed like it's like oh suddenly Nell has caught feelings like suddenly she has feelings primal feelings yeah primal (laughs) feelings like um (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's it's a little bit too forced for me, but, you know, it is a funner Yeah, it was literally, like, in the space of a kiss. Yeah, like, it's a funner version of Nell to watch than just her being mean and bitter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, back at the office in the unisex, Nell is um, telling Ling all about the date, and she's practically, like, bouncing off the ceiling with giddiness like this is a side of Nell we haven't really seen um whilst Ling no Ling is like you did what and Nell's like yeah and I wanted to do more can you believe it and Ling is like (laughs) no in disgust (laughs) and Nell says that it's not like her to feel hot and like she may even enjoy but she trails off and Ling just goes sex and Nell is like I don't understand it I don't even know him and Ling's like well he's rich and he's a doctor what else is there to know um and I was like why are all these women so weird about sex like yeah and having it (laughs) I know I feel like it's only Elaine and Renee that have like a somewhat healthy attitude although I guess that's a bit debatable in Elaine's case but at least they're not like disgusted by the thought of having it do you know what I mean yeah like uh, yeah Renee seems to be the only one that has like and yet we we rarely ever see her with anyone but she seems like uh to be the only one that has like a normal just isn't repressed (laughs) yeah exactly I feel like because that's the thing I feel like uh Ali is super repressed um yeah Elaine there's too much sort of validation stuff going on with her um, for it yeah. to be completely healthy. And then, yeah, yeah like agree. Ling and Nell are just like, uh, like, dis- like have this weird... Like, Ling, Ling uses it as a power move. 
Well, and a performance for her, it's power yes. and performance. And but but um, they both have this weird like OCD thing about it as well. Like they're both yeah, weird about sweat weird and like about fluid hygiene and and <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah it's it's very yeah it's very strange and I think it's it's very um, interesting that they are both the two women on the show that are like the super gorgeous characters like not the yeah Callista Flockhart and and um it's almost like they've been it's beneath them to be yeah, so like, like they're too disgusting do you know what I mean they're like beautiful. higher beings yeah they're too beautiful to um truly enjoy defile like, in that way yeah exactly it's very weird yeah. It is weird. Strange character traits to give them. It's the Madonna and the whore complex, like in character form, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very it's strange. Again, well, anyway, about Michelle Pfeiffer, (laughs) I really am. Like, I cannot stress that enough. I continue to be concerned. Um, anyway, then Richard bursts in and asks Ling for help because Paul, his auction date, gets to pick where they go for their date. And I was like, well, why didn't Nell's date get to pick? But anyway, um, and he um, apparently has insisted on the bar and Ling is like, oh, well, that's nice, Richard. But Richard is like, no, I know you don't understand. Like, I might, shock horror, be seen be with seen. another man. And Ling's like, well, don't worry, we'll all be there to rescue you. And Nell's like, yeah, I'll be there with my date and Ling just says under her breath if not in a hotel room and Nell's like <laughs> blushing um, and Richard is like oh but but Paul says he has a feeling about me he thinks I'm special and Ling just ignores this and asks if Nell is falling in love um, and Richard leaves as Nell wonders if she should wear a different dress for tonight and I was like good god yes <laughs> yes <laughs> not yes. this peach monstrosity <laughs> But yeah, so Richard is having a gay panic attack, basically. Oh, such a gay panic attack, yeah. Um, Meanwhile, John and Kimmy are discussing their issues in John's office. And Kimmy is like, uh, what if she's... uh, Like, they're kind of negotiating, I guess. Because Kimmy's like, what if she's not at our exact table? And John's like, no, she can't be there at all. And Kimmy's like, look, my problem borders on a disorder so basically she's hoping for some sort of compromise mm. um and john is like have you ever been with a man like have you ever had sex and kimmy is like of course not i am chaste and john says is your acute sense of morality a convenient way of dealing with your intimacy problems Ooh. and then kimmy thinks and she just goes <laughs> perhaps and then john says well now is the time for you to take the leap and Kimmy just takes his hand and goes, will you catch me? And John's like, I'll try. And then Kimmy's eyes start switching, which is swiftly matched by John's lip quivering. Um, <laughs> I so, think that's a very you know. astute like observation from John oh, yeah. to be like, yeah, this of is course. a bit too convenient. That, of you course, know, that is what it is. Yeah. You hold these such sort of... Um, impossible standards yeah standards um uh, like it just it just seems all a little bit too convenient um yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah so so mark now has an update for elaine um 
on the case and he's like um him and larry both think that they should make an offer um and elaine agrees to this um and then she's like is everything okay and he's like oh i'm fine and elaine's like oh we'll see you later and he's like oh sure like a bit absent-mindedly and elaine's like look what's going on why are you being so cold like if you've got a problem just say it mark um and then she goes don't let me be the one with the stones we all know how much you hate that and i was like cool sure um and mark is like okay my problem is um and then he uses the remote to turn on elaine's vibra which she is still wearing for some reason and then he says i enjoy promiscuity less when it's coming from the girl i'm dating and i'm like mark i know i Fuck I off. would like to, th- yeah, like I'm throwing in my <laughs> because I'm Good. just like, what is, like, how is inventing a bra and edible underwear, how is that promiscuous? Like, it's she's not. inventing stuff. Exactly. Nelly Furtado also- did not sing Promiscuous Girl about <laughs> Elaine Vassal. <laughs> she had someone or- else in mind entirely. <laughs> or robot bras. <laughs> No. <laughs> like, and also, I'm kind of like, I'm sorry, but I feel like Mark has been working there long enough to have seen or heard about, like, Elaine's, like, inventing. Like, so, uh, like, that she does this on the side and would sure. have heard, like, the kind of nature of the type of thing she, she well, creates. the nature that the only thing remotely risque about her biggest invention the face bra is that it's got the word bra in the yeah. title like but she's also done so like, stupid you know, but she's done other like inventions like well inventions i in quote like, like the condoms <laughs> with the writing yeah with the like, writing yeah. on yeah, yeah the like, little quotes it's just yeah like what so why like i i don't believe you haven't heard that this is something that she does this is her side hustle so why is yeah. it now suddenly a deal breaker like m- yeah well exactly sense. like <laughs> i've got no time for this no patience of for thought this. From yeah Mark. exactly and thankfully neither does elaine because she goes i am who i am and she switches off the bra and she goes and you can choose to date me or not but this is who i am yeah but then a cell phone rings and her bra just starts vibing all over the place <laughs> So, undermining her. So, Elaine just grabs the phone in frustration and hurls it across the office where it is swiftly caught by Larry um, as Elaine storms off in a huff. Um, And Larry kind of marches up to Mark and is like, oh, are you two together? And Mark's like, well, yeah, since last week, but all good things must end, I guess. And I was like, oh, cool, Mark. Cool. Over a comedy bra? Like, Like, get a grip. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Um, then Ali steps out of her office and sees Larry and she's pleased to see him because she's all like, oh, hi, stranger. And Larry's like, oh, Ali, right? And Ali's like, ha ha ha. She's like, I have been missing you. And Larry's like, on purpose? <laughs> this banter is so cute. Um, but then um, this, this cute banter and their subsequent kiss is interrupted by Kimmy, who literally butts in between them to say <laughs> she's agreed to go on a date with John uh, without her mother, but she wants Ali to go with her as a kind of surrogate. And Ali's like, a surrogate mother and Kimmy's like of course and she's like you can invite Mr Larry look the truth is you give me balance and Larry who looks 
gleeful is like, we'll be there. And Kimmy's like, oh, thank you. And she runs off. And I then Larry says to Ali, Mr. Larry. Yeah. And then Kimmy runs off and Larry says to Ali, like, why is it when I come here, I always feel like I walked in halfway through the movie. And Ali just goes, I'll get you up to speed. Um, and then she puts her files down and she takes his hands to like start dancing with him like in the middle of the complex as Vonda starts singing Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You which it's a weird thing because it kind of segues into the next scene in the bar where Vonda's actually performing that song and Ali and Larry are dancing on the dance floor which is less weird but I'm like yeah. why would you start, start up in the office like, did they just keep dancing all the way down to the bar along the street and in the just door and then they're like dancing. oh great no. We found the song that we were imagining in our heads so we can start dancing properly. That's weird. Um, but anyway, um, at the bar, we get to check up on the auction aftermath. So um, firstly, uh, we check in on Nell. Um, she is on part two of her date, the evening portion, and she's also dancing with her date. And they are laughing because they can't believe that they have only known each other for exactly 10 hours and 13 minutes, um, as counted by um the date um and Nell is like why are you counting the minutes and he's like well I sort of have to it's kind of a long story um and then we go over to Paul um and Richard um so Paul Richard's date is is kind of um Richard's sitting down next to Ling and Paul is kind of bent he stood but he's bent over and kind of draped over Richard's shoulders um and he's like begging like for a dance he's like bugging Richard for a dance um and Richard keeps saying no um and he's like well maybe for a fast song because obviously can't take my eyes off of you by Frankie Valley is a bit of a slow song he's like for a fast song maybe and Paul's like dude I paid $6,500 for you and Richard's like look I'm homophobic I can show you a note from the doctor tell him Ling yeah <laughs> um but I then Oh, Go do you on. have something to say here? I don't, or do you want me does, to keep going? How long does, does do we revisit Not long. them in the scene? Yeah, we keep yeah, going. Okay, yeah, okay, so keep going. Um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so Richard's like, oh, tell him, Ling. Uh, but then Vonda segues into a song called "Going Out of My Head" by Little Anthony and the Imperials, which is a much faster number. And Paul <laughs> drags Richard onto the floor, and then Ling starts she like pulls she out a camcorder yeah and starts videoing them um as um paul twirls richard round and round and like wiggles and shimmies in front of him and richard just looks like kind of awkward and annoyed um but then vonda kind of medleys back into the slower can't take my eyes off of you and paul literally grabs richard in a huge embrace and snuggles into his neck but richard is like like in his eyes he's like screaming and he just sort of stiffens up like yes, a yes. dead body in rigor mortis like yeah. in terror and bigotry like so he's really awkward and stiff to dance with um so yeah so that's that's I, that uh, so first of all this is the most chaotic version of can't take my eyes off of you i've ever yeah, I know. Like, the way it kept being like and then I didn't realise it was being spliced with another song. Yeah, she's medleying like, it with another song. What is going on? Why is she yeah. like, yeah. mixing up the tempo here? It's really jarring. Um, yeah. But also, so I think this, and this is sort of comes back to what we were saying in terms of like 
um, I think this is a really interesting, like, demonstration of, like, why gay panic has been, like, such a thing for decades. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it's, like, a really good example of how gay panic was used um, comically, like, everywhere in the 90s yeah. and, like, early 2000s. And it's... it's Because it, it's basically... That bit where, like, his date is, like, over him, like, looming mm-hmm. over him at the table mm-hmm. and being Draped. like, I paid money for you and and yeah. all this and, like, not taking no for an answer from Richard. And it's like, yeah, yeah that is the... the um, it's bringing to life that fear that homophobic men have that a gay man might treat them the way they treat women like right uh, like and and i and making and it and it involves making the straight man the butt of the joke because yes ha ha a gay man thinks you're attractive and being in any way and that all that you might be gay yeah but uh, just being associated with any kind of like gayness like even when it's like against your will like i'm not yeah. attracted to him but he's clearly attracted to me like yeah it's don't just, go thinking i'm yeah, gay yeah, i'm not it's you just, know yeah it, it, just that situation is played as like inherently emasculating like in in these comedies from that time um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i just uh, yeah i yeah i just thought it was really yeah, it's just a great example of this very, what now feels antiquated kind of move yeah. in a comedy to, to yeah. have that joke in there. But I did love yeah. the bit where Lynn got out the camcorder and started filming. That did oh, make me so up. ridiculous. But yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, over the other side of the dance floor, John and Kimmy are having a dance and Kimmy's thanking John for being so understanding. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm coping with her mum not being there. Um, but then John spies at a table in the distance, Linny in the world's most conspicuous disguise. <laughs> like she's wearing a trench coat and a really obviously fake blonde wig and sunglasses Sunglasses. in a bar like so stupid um and he gets annoyed and he asks Kimmy if she knew she was there and Kimmy just doesn't say anything as Linny sort of she like scuttles away she's like (laughs) tries to sort of crouch and it's like you've been rumbled love there's no point trying to hide Um, and because Kimmy doesn't say anything John just throws his hands up and he walks away and leaves um and then Paul is manoeuvring Richard across the dance floor, which is no mean feat because, as I say, Richard is stiff as a board and he's just kind of leaning on him like a dead weight. Um, yeah. And he manoeuvres him past Ali and Larry, who are still staring into each other's eyes. And Ali's like, are you doing okay? Are you still, like, thinking? And Larry's <laughs> like, yeah. And still Ali's thinking. like, and I'm, I'm, I'm still not allowed to ask you what about. And Larry just smiles at her and she snuggles into his neck. Um, and I'm like, guys, just no just talk. No like, talking okay. today. No, not having that. No talking <gasps> oh, today. <dear. laughs> well, back with Nell and her date. Um, and she says that she can tell something is wrong. Um, uh, and he's like, well, 
yeah, okay, that rush that you got earlier that you might never see me again, um, I'm, I'm not dying, but tomorrow I, I do go away forever. Um, and that's when we get the big reveal where he admits that he is going to prison tomorrow for a life sentence because he is a doctor that has been convicted of euthanizing his ALS patient. I mean... Like, what a flex. I, I mean, what? I and like, now look... What? Uh, yeah, I mean, apparently it was a story that was in the local news and Nell vaguely remembers it. Um, but yeah, that's that's who God. it is. Um, and uh, Nell looks kind of crushed, I guess, under the heavy weight of this inexplicably <laughs> random news. Um, and the next day, uh, Nell is really reeling from this revelation and she's talking it through with Ling. And Nell's like, I guess that's why he looks so familiar. Like I'd seen his face in the news. And Ling's like, wow, and he spent his last day of freedom with you? Doesn't he have family? Um, which are all very reasonable questions. Yes. And Nell's like, um, yeah, he said he wanted to spend his last day anonymously, like not as a victim. So he went to a charity auction. And- <laughs> A woman. Like, I, I found it so sure. funny, like in terms of like, <laughs> it's like the thought process. I don't know. I don't really know something, <laughs> but I don't know that you can call yourself a victim when you've just broken the law. Like, just yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> it's just that feels a bit. I don't know. <laughs> well, it it just depends how you feel about euthanasia, I suppose. Yeah, he felt it, like he was doing the right thing, and it's as we find out later, it does sound like the the judge is somewhat sympathetic to where he was coming yes, from. But the law, yes. as you say, the law is the law. So yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll get there in a minute. Um, Ling asks if Nell is okay, and Nell tries to kind of brush it off, like, "Sure, sure, I'm fine. It's not like I fell in love with him. I only knew him a day." Um, but it's clear that that is pretty much exactly what's happened. And Ling picks up on it too, because she's like, well, sometimes you can love somebody in a day. Um, and she's like, like, you can still visit him. And Nell's like, no, he doesn't want that. And then she she tries to like shake it off. And she's like, I'm fine. You know, it's just funny. Huh? And Ling's like, yeah, hysterical. <laughs> and they're both sort of glum. Um, meanwhile... Kimmy and Linny arrive um, in the elevator and totter off to see John as Mark comes uh, past and bumps into Elaine, who very perfunctorily is like, well, everyone's in the conference room. You should get in there. And Mark's like, well, what about you? And she's like, well, I'll be there in a second. Um, So it's very business-like and cold between the two of them. And then Mm -hmm. Mark walks past Richard, who is somewhat ridiculously wearing sunglasses and a cap. Some kind I of mean, disguise. I don't yeah, know. Um, I'm like, what you think? No one's going to recognise you in your own office, like. Yeah. Um, and then John walks past and finds um, Kimmy and Linny. Like, stumbles across them. So Kimmy is like, "Oh, John, um, John, I didn't know." Like, she didn't know her mum was there. And John is now hurt that she's trying to lie to him as well because he just goes, "Well, chastity is a virtue I value far less." than honesty and Kimmy's like I just needed her to be in the room I'm sorry and John says well relationships are difficult to make work under normal circumstances um and it's basically impossible to do it under these ones and Kimmy's like can I just have another chance and John's like it's not about chances you're just not ready like you need to do more work before that can happen 
And Kimmy just says in like a small voice, so that's it then? You're just dismissing me? And John goes, without prejudice. And Kimmy like gives him a little peck on the cheek goodbye. Um, but then so does Linny like straight <laughs> afterwards. And I'm like, Linny, you're not helping. Like all you're doing is Leave proving the, the room, point. Linny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh God. so yeah I think that's the that seems to be the end for, for John and yeah, uh, Kimmy and I, and I think he was fair I think he was very fair, fair. That is fair. you can't have a relationship with your mum mother-in-law essentially looking no. over your shoulder the whole time like it's, no. it's not it's not right no <laughs> Meanwhile, um, the conference in the uh, suit against Cajun Fish is taking place um, and Larry is questioning Daniel saying, um, it's the the deposition, so he's questioning Daniel saying, well, so you leave on friendly terms and you continue to be friends with Miss Vassal and then suddenly a week ago you become angry and sue. What happened a week ago, Daniel? And uh, Stephen, John Michael Higgins is like, I object to the informality. Please address my client as Peanut. And like Daniel and Larry look at him. And he's like, uh, I mean, Mr. Robin. Um, and Larry turns back to Daniel and is like, so you found out she was seeing him, didn't you? And he points to Mark. Like she told you about her new boyfriend. And he says, do you love Elaine? And Daniel's like, no. And Larry's like, do you like her? And Stephen is like, I'm not comfortable. (laughs) And Elaine is like, Daniel, please talk to me. And then Daniel finally admits that he is, uh, he confesses that he filed the lawsuit because it annoyed him that he was the only male that Elaine didn't want to be with. And he found it insulting. And Elaine's like, I offered to have sex with you all the time. And Daniel's like, yeah, as a joke. Um, And he basically thinks, believes that Elaine treated him like a pet. And Elaine's like, look, just because I'm perceived as a promiscuous woman doesn't mean that I am. Like, I just do things for attention to get noticed. And then she's like, are you suing to get noticed? And he's like, no. Um, But he just says that it just really bothered him that it seemed like everyone is Elaine's type but him. And it hurts. And I'm like, oh, poor little incel. (laughs) 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 Boo-hoo. I know. I was just like, do kindly fuck off. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I do. Oh, oh, is it everyone? Everyone but you. Everyone but you. Oh, poor baby. It's not her job <laughs> to be the receiver of your penis just because you've decided <laughs> that she should. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I just, it's just so like... Who, do you, uh, who the uh, fuck do you think you are? I know. I like to sue someone is just insane. What the fuck? I mean, you're a complete idiot like I just yeah uh, but what annoys me is like it's it's the um in the scene I can't when he says something like you know oh it just you know it hurt that everyone was your type apart from me me. like like there's this I swear there's this shot of Elaine like looking down like ashamed kind of and i'm just like, like you've got nothing to be ashamed you've got nothing of to be... why uh yeah 
That's why like, exactly. I'm just like, do get a life and like kindly piss off. Yes. Yeah, peanut yeah. brain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So next, down at the courthouse, uh, Nell has come to watch the sentencing of her 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 date, her doctor. Um. So his lawyer is basically giving a final defence. Um, saying it was a mission of mercy to spare his patients intense suffering and that as I say the judge seems sympathetic um, but unfortunately because of the law she has no choice but to sentence him to a life term and so she asks the bailiff to take him to custody and the doctor hugs his mum and dad um, before he's escorted away um, but just before he leaves he sees Nell there and she smiles sadly at him and he does a kind of very very slight smile at her um, and it's like sad like i'm like what are the chances now finally meet the man that she could get loose with and he's a fucking murderer <laughs> <laughs> like one of the good kinds but not not great is it's, it it's you not, know it's not ideal <laughs> no um so back in the office, Ali and Larry are chatting about um, the case against Cajun Fish. And Ali is like, uh, Larry's basically bringing up to speed. And, and Ali's like, the peanut loves Elaine. And Larry's like, yep, seems so. Um, but we settled. So Richard is happy. Um, um, Ali is like, well, how did you figure it all out? And um, Larry just goes, oh, I just did. Um, and weirdly decides not to tell Ali that the reason he figured it out was because he found out that Mark and Elaine were dating. I'm like, why would you keep that a secret? I yeah. don't understand. It's like, oh, weird. just, you know, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, like... well, yeah, literally. Um, well, then, uh, but then he changes the subject and he's like, you know, you, you must be wondering why things between us haven't accelerated as fast. Um, and he's like, last week, when I opened up to you, it was exhilarating um, and a little scary. Um, and then he continues that he's not afraid of it. He's really excited. And he's like, if only you knew. Um, <laughs> and, then he, and then he kind of stops because um, he's like, look, I'm doing a really lousy job of explaining. And Ali's like, no, you're not. I understand you want to take it really slow because you want it to be right. And then she says, slow doesn't bother me, Larry. And then she comes to sit beside him and she's like, you and me are going to get there. And we should just enjoy the ride. And Larry kind of sighs with relief. Um, and then she's like, I'll cook you dinner tonight. Um, and it's like, finally, she understand. They both understand each other. Their minds have met. Brilliant. Through Good some stuff. kind of yeah. stumbling <laughs> version of talking, but also Ali half reading his mind as well. So, you know, compromise. <laughs> compromise. Um, so now from the sublime to the truly ridiculous, uh. Richard is in his office wearing his stupid cap and sunglasses and at a knock on his door, he immediately dives under the desk and all of these dramatics, I guess, are because he's concerned about Paul hunting him down? I don't know. I was like, is this to do with you just don't want to see anyone at the moment? I I just, uh, you're embarrassed. I think he's worried about Paul being like... But I like you. I think he's worried about okay. that Paul maybe getting attached like a sense. baby duckling. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. Well, it does make. That's where I got from from this next bit because it turns out that the person at the door is Cindy, who I thought we had we weren't going to see again. Um, yeah, I hoped that she'd run off to a better life, but <laughs> yeah. she um, she opens the door and she goes, "Oh, one date with a gay man, and you're already going down under desks." Um, and Richard like 
peeks out from behind the desk and is like, oh, Cindy. And then he gets up um, bumping his head in the process. And it's like, how do you know about my uh, and Cindy's like slow dance? Um, and it turns out the reason she knows is because she orchestrated the whole thing. The whole like thing. she organized all those men to bid on Richard to get him back for his role in splitting up her and Mark. Um, but she's come here to apologise because she's realised that was cruel of her. And I was like, Cindy, never apologise. <laughs> you do not owe anything you do not of owe any kind man. of, in the arena of apology. Yeah, the world absolutely. of saying sorry is not for you in this no. scenario. No. Step away. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, well. And then Richard says that he just can't believe that she spent $6,500 to do that to him and Cindy's like well um that is how much your homophobia hurt me and I was like uh, I think she misspoke because I think the word that she was searching for was actually transphobia but <laughs> you know I don't blame her for getting the wording well, wrong I think nobody spoke I mean, well about we it really in those days word, I don't think no it wasn't in um, common parlance no, certainly not. But yeah, that was the, the, the best approximation of what was happening. Um, yeah. And Richard suddenly takes off his glasses and he's like, oh, so so Paul, he, he's not really gay? And Cindy's like, no, he's gay. And then Richard quickly puts his sunglasses back on and he's like, oh, uh, no biggie. I mean, he seemed nice, like good dancer. And Cindy's like, look, again, I'm sorry. It was childish, but at least it was all for a good cause. Um then Cindy starts to leave Cajun Fish, but she bumps into Mark in the complex area. And after some small talk in which they're like clearly visibly pleased to see each other, Mark asks quite quickly if she's seeing anyone. And she's like, no. Um, and then she's like, are you? Um, and they are stood right in front of Elaine's desk. Um, yeah, I mean, and Mark they could not goes, be any more fucking blatant. <laughs> yeah. And Mark just goes, well, a little... Um, and then they awkwardly kind of part ways uh, with Cindy wishing him Merry Christmas. And then she goes in the elevator and then Mark just watches her leave looking sad. Um, but then he goes to speak to Elaine to say sorry about his behavior earlier. But Elaine is like, oh, I'm over it. And Mark's like, do you want to grab dinner tonight? And Elaine's like, look, Mark, I try not to date men on the rebound. And Mark's like, well, what are you talking about? And Elaine's like, I think you know what I'm talking about. And she walks off. I'm like, good for you, Elaine. Yeah, um, like, sort, sort your uh, shit out, Mark. Like, it isn't Elaine's yeah. bras that are the problem here. <laughs> no, it never was. It's never um, about the bra. <laughs> it's never about Elaine's bras, ever. It's always something else. Elaine's bra is always, like, a Trojan horse or something <laughs> it's else. always the scapegoat. <laughs> Um, and in a final montage whilst Vonda is singing Just Like a Woman by Bob Dylan which I was like is this like more trolling (laughs) (laughs) oh god do you think yeah I was a bit like uncomfortable I was I'm not comfortable (laughs) 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 choice of song to be honest given what's just happened um because like the lyrics are like she makes love just like a woman woman. yeah and I'm like she is a woman yeah no I know what you mean actually yeah oh yeah maybe yeah so you know what I mean yeah no I don't I'm not the the show does not have good intentions we've we've found uh when it comes to this stuff 
Yeah, so as Vonda sings this, we see John in his office pondering, then Kimmy and Linny walking down the street arm in arm, and Linny is sort of squeezing Kimmy's cheeks to try and cheer her up because she's sad. And then we have Ali cooking dinner for Larry at hers, and as they're kind of in the kitchen uh, cooking or waiting for something to finish, they sort of are dancing and smiling and kissing and generally just being very cute. (laughs) And then we see Cindy walking home alone, um, and then Elaine is packing up at the end of the day, um, getting and she's sort of putting on her, her pom pom scarf, pom-pom. which I love. I used to have one of them. <laughs> you did, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, um, and she's putting that on, but then she um, sits back down again, looking sad. And then we see uh, Nell watching her date get hauled off to prison from the courthouse custody um, area in a prison van. From She's sort of hiding, like, yeah. stealthily, but across the street behind, like, a pillar, like, to watch it. And I'm like, you can't just stand on the street. Like, anyway. Um, so, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. That is the final episode before Christmas. What a way to go out. I yeah. know. I know. Quite, uh... Yeah, a little bit. It's 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 a bit of a mixed bag ending, isn't it? It's um... yeah. I mean, there is another Christmas, ep- like a proper Christmas episode, which you guys will hear from us in the new year. Um, but yeah, this is our because this is our last episode before Christmas. It feels a bit like a, a melancholy note to <laughs> yeah. end on. <laughs> oh dear, but that was that was uh, that was okay. That episode, I didn't mind that one. I I could have done without the, uh, yeah. Homophobia. Exactly. Um, And I, like like we said. And the incel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, actually. And then it's like, oh, yeah, actually, (laughs) it was a terrible episode. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was good. No, no, no. It was fine. It was um, okay. Yeah, it was problematic. It was problematic, but there was enough sort of entertaining stuff in there to... Um... I liked the Nell stuff, um, even though it was a bit like naught to 60. Yeah. Um, but I also, obviously, Ali and Larry, perennially wonderful together. Yeah, um, yes. And yeah, I think, uh, I think that's and John, what... I thought was fine, you know. Yes, Kate yeah. went where it needed to go. Yes funny I think, sad i definitely think the whole ali and larry relationship is definitely saving a lot of episodes from being completely yes. i would say i wish they would spend more time on it because i feel like they're getting shoved to the side in favor of other random storylines yeah. this season like there's a yeah. lot like, there's a lot of characters now. Do you know what I mean? And there's mm. like we haven't heard from Renee in ages. Yeah. Like Nell got a bit of a spotlight this this week, but um, you know, this is the first time we've really done something with her properly since the beginning since, of this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just feels like there's a lot of like there's Mark, there's Ling, there's Richard, there's John, yes. there's like they're all doing different things now and it's difficult to give time to everyone and I wish they would spend time on the bits that are working like the Ali and Larry like stuff Ali and Larry yeah I agree yeah I agree but yeah um, that was but yeah. Uh, Love on Holiday yeah verdict of the week the jury's back who do you find so I think I'm gonna have to find um, Elaine not guilty because she's yes. just dealing with a bunch of douchebags this episode like <laughs> Douchebags from all sides. Like I just, 
That's like, what she needs to invent, like a douchebag trash can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think, like, you don't deserve... She just didn't deserve to be sued for not sleeping no. with, with her the peanut. And she did not deserve, like, <laughs> Mark slut-shaming for inventing bras, like, an edible... No. Like, just, it just... From all sides Stupid. this episode, yeah. she's been getting a bunch of like misogynistic shit and I'm going to give her a medal for dealing with it with, you know, some aplomb there. Grace. And like, grace. yeah, grace. And, and you have, and yeah, no, no need to be ashamed or uh, humbled by these fucking toss pots like they are not <laughs> yeah exactly they are not worth your time um yeah agreed and i'm going to give a not guilty but i'm going to give a not guilty to cindy again um because basically if i could spend a million dollars to make richard feel a fraction of the humiliation that he gave to Cindy for what he did to her, yes. I would. And I would do it again and again, again. and again. <laughs> because that is what he deserves. So yeah. I, like, Cindy, do not apologise. No. Just, 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 you know, have your leave revenge him to his and enjoy bigotry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it just shows that she's the bigger person, I suppose, because at least yes. when she does something slightly morally questionable, she, at least she owns up and apologises for it and leaves with her head held high but you didn't need to do that cindy no just wreck his life he's an idiot laugh it's fine yeah so (laughs) i I am interested though to see whether we see any more of cindy because it feels odd that they would bring her back just for this one like retribution and then have that scene with mark for it not to go anywhere else and and on the one hand i'm like yay maybe this means like some kind of redemption for mark and cindy but then i'm like oh god don't trust i don't trust this this show with this i'm a a little bit kind of worried where we're going with this um yeah I'm yeah. like, this is the first episode in a while where I don't feel like I need to put like a trigger warning at the front yeah, as much exactly. as I have done for the transphobia. <laughs> but I'm like, is, are we going back into that? Like, yeah. oh, God. oh, I don't yeah. know about this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not yeah. comfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> I, so much of this show I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> I feel like John Michael Higgins has turned up at exactly the right time. Yeah, I agree. If we could just like wheel him off to David E. Kelly's office so that he can sit next to his desk and just anytime he writes a storyline, it's like, I'm not, just just put his hand over David E. Kelly's hand and just go, I'm not comfortable with what you're doing here. Just stop. Write something else. Right, yeah. <laughs> Have you done any more Ali and Larry? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Um yeah. yeah, so I guess uh what do you think about this episode? Do you agree? Are uh, is Mark um and the peanut 
um, douchebag Bagginsons um, and does Richard deserve everything he gets? Or do you have a different point of view? Get in touch with us. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast. We are on Instagram at Bygones Pod, Facebook Bygones Podcast. And you can email us, bygonespodcast at gmail.com. We always like to hear your thoughts and questions. And uh, eventually, midway through the season, we'll do a mailbag episode and um, read them all out. So until next time bygones you're just too good to be true can't take my eyes off you you'd be like heaven to touch i want to hold you so much at long last love has arrived and i thank god i'm just too good to be true can't take my eyes